Hello, beloved, and welcome to this weekly Bible study of ours, where we are continuing to look at the Holy Spirit. Uh, Specifically, we looked at the person of the Holy Spirit, and uh, last time we started looking at the Spirit as God. Now, we are going to continue looking at the Holy Spirit as God, because it's important for us to understand that the Holy Spirit is indeed God. Now, As I said before, in our Christian walk, we must always ask, what does the Bible say about any subject? Okay, Um, Even when it comes to the Holy Spirit, because it's the Holy Spirit who revealed himself to us in the Word, and he revealed certain things about himself in the Word. So we need to go to the Bible. We need to go to God's Word to find out uh, about the Holy Spirit. All right. So when we study the, the Bible... Uh, specifically regarding or concerning the Holy Spirit, we find that the Holy Spirit is called the Spirit of Wisdom and Knowledge. Very interesting. Because it's in the the, the names of the Holy Spirit that we see or that we find that the Holy Spirit has actually got the characteristics of God, right? Even in, in His name. Before we continue, though, let's just have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so much that we can study your word. Thank you that we can study the Holy Spirit and understand something of who the Holy Spirit is. And I pray, Father, that you will open up our minds to receive and our hearts to understand and enable me as your servant to teach your people so that you may be glorified in and through us. Thank you for the privilege that we have to to take your word. There are so many countries that the Bible is not even allowed just thinking of that that young child, two years old, that was locked up with uh, with the parents because the parents had a Bible in North Korea. We just our hearts just goes out to to that family, and we pray that you will be with them, Father. And they couldn't even have a Bible in their home. It meant a lifelong imprisonment with their two-year-old child who knows nothing about what was going on. But Father, thank you that we have your word, that we can still openly read it, we can openly discuss it, we can openly study it. Uh, and while we have the time, help us to buy out this time that we have uh, in studying your word. As we pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Okay. Uh, I've been deeply touched by that that family with the two-year-old child that has been now been locked up lifetime because they had a Bible. It, it is, and, and getting a lifetime sentence because you've got a Bible in your home, you, you, we can see to what lows the devil can go uh, in trying to destroy God's word and trying to to discourage people to come to faith in Christ. And the wonderful thing is that in spite of it, God's spirit is not connected to time and space. You cannot um, how can I say, kick the Spirit of God out of North Korea. They can try, but they can't. Because God is God, and the Spirit is God. And it's amazing. And here the Holy Spirit is called the Spirit of Wisdom and Knowledge. In Exodus chapter 28, verse 3, we read. Remember, please go to those verses uh, so that you can can get the the context in which uh, this is said, and you can read the verse for yourself. 
Right, so Ephesians, okay, Exodus 28 verse 3 says, So you shall speak to all who are gifted artisans. This is when they were building yeah, the tabernacle. Um, who I have filled with the spirit of wisdom. Amazing. So the Holy Spirit is called the spirit of wisdom. That they may make Aaron's garments to consecrate him that he may minister to me as priest. So, the Holy Spirit, here called the Spirit of Wisdom, uh, filled the artisans, the gifted artisans, so that they could make the garments of Aaron that would be used in the priesthood, basically. And he's called the Spirit of Wisdom. In Isaiah chapter 11, verse 2, we read the following. The Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, and that's uh, rest upon the Messiah, né? rest upon Christ. And then it's, he's called the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. Oh, absolutely amazing. You see, as the spirit of the Lord came upon David, you remember when he was anointed as the king, the Spirit of the Lord came upon him? That's what you see in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, we see the Holy Spirit come upon people. Now, it's the anointing that came upon It's like a being anointed. Remember when King David was anointed, kings were anointed? They normally take oil and they pour it over the person. As that oil is poured over that person, that's what the Holy Spirit did in the Old Testament as well. The Holy Spirit came upon, over David. So when he was anointed as king, um, the Holy Spirit came upon David. So the Spirit will also rest upon David's descendant, which is the Messiah, Christ Jesus, who will rule the world. And that's why it says so beautifully that uh, the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, upon the Messiah. Which Spirit? And now it gives us the characteristics of the Holy Spirit, the spirit of wisdom, spirit of understanding, spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. It will all be upon Messiah, upon the Lord Jesus Christ, we know at the end of the day. And when Jesus was baptized in the Jordan River and the spirit of God came upon Christ Jesus, um, all those characteristics became the characteristics of Christ uh, of, of the Lord Jesus Christ. Nah, but Jesus, as man, he, he was filled with the Holy Spirit at that specific stage. But when we look at these characteristics of the Spirit, nah, that he, the, the Holy Spirit is called the Spirit of wisdom and the Spirit of knowledge, it's clear. Who's the one with all wisdom? Who's the one with all knowledge? It's God. So those are characteristics of of God, nah? we can clearly see that the Holy Spirit is not just a spirit, he is the spirit, the Holy Spirit, nah? the third person of the Trinity. But then the Holy Spirit is also called the spirit of might. In Isaiah 11 verse 2, we've already looked at Isaiah 11 verse 2, where it says that the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon the Messiah, and the spirit of, uh, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, and then it says the spirit of counsel and might. Now, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. Now, the spirit of might is basically a spirit imparted qualification that will enable the Messiah to rule justly and effectively. Because it's 
these are all characteristics of the Holy Spirit that would come upon Messiah so that Messiah can fulfill his purpose for coming and uh, to earth and and be you know can I say take on flesh and blood now but then the Holy Spirit is also called the spirit of the fear of the Lord we find that also in Isaiah chapter 11 verse 2 uh, where it says the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him upon Messiah the spirit of wisdom and understanding the spirit of counsel and might and then it says the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord so he's talking about the spirit uh, as the spirit let's say um, of the fear of the Lord okay and and again the spirit of fear is also a spirit imparted qualification that will enable the Messiah to basically rule justly and effectively. That's why the Messiah, Jesus Christ, uh, received the, or the Holy Spirit came upon him so that he could do what is necessary, live the kind of life that is, was needed to, to be lived, die on the cross, raised from the dead. Uh, ascend into heaven and he will one day return and in the thousand year reign of christ in the millennium that jesus christ will um, in in that time that he will rule justly and effectively amazing absolutely absolutely amazing well when jesus was on the earth he was already just and he was effective in what he did and it was because the spirit of god was upon him uh, the spirit of God is the spirit of God, and that is God Himself. All right. Now we can also say uh, when we read the scriptures, we can see that the Holy Spirit is also called the Spirit of Truth. In John chapter fourteen, verse seventeen, we read, uh, "The Spirit of Truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees Him nor knows Him, but you know Him." For he dwells with you and will be in you. Absolutely amazing. This is Jesus speaking to the disciples. Uh, and he speaks about the spirit of truth. The world cannot receive the spirit of truth. And who's the truth? Obviously, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father. Satan is the father of lies. But God is all truth. He's ultimate truth. So, if the Holy Spirit is called the spirit of truth, then... I think it's clear that the Spirit is God. Uh, MacArthur says about the Spirit of truth that he is the source of truth and he communicates the truth to his own. And apart from the Spirit of truth, no one can know God's truth. That's so beautifully said, eh? Absolutely beautiful. So he's called the Spirit of truth, but that's not all. Uh, the Holy Spirit is also called the free or generous spirit. And here I'm going to give you two translations because it uses the two different words. In Psalm 51 verse 12 in the King James, it says, Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. This is David speaking now. He lost his, self, uh, his, his joy uh, because of sin. Remember, he sinned against God with Bathsheba and then he also committed murder. By sending Uriah to the front of the of the battle, and there he was killed. So David lost the joy of the salvation that he received from the Lord. So he says to to God, he cries out, "Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and upon me, um, 
with thy free spirit. The King James says it a little bit different. He says, Restore unto me the joy of your salvation, and upon me your generous spirit. Now, John Gill, in his commentary, that um, when it speaks about the, the, the call to uphold the psalmist with his free spirit, he says, and I quote, uh, It can also be translated, Let thy free spirit upon me. Let thy free spirit upon me. It's the same with the Holy Spirit um, of God being called free because he is a most free and magnificent giver. He gives his grace and bestows his gifts uh, severely as he pleases and liberally. Okay? And because he is freely given to um, of God, his grace is, of, or graces are freely given as faith and hope and love and so on. And because he frees them to whom he is given from the bondage of sin and corruption and makes them Christ's free men and he delivers them into the liberty of the children of God and so is a spirit of adoption in opposition to a spirit of bondage by which they have freedom and boldness to call God their Father, and by whom also they have liberty of soul at the throne of grace, and can freely make known their requests and spread their cases before God, which means they can freely pray to God. You see, beloved, the Holy Spirit is free to do whatever He wills. And the Spirit is also the one who sets us free to do His will. Absolutely amazing. So it's beautiful to say we're talking about the uh, spirit um, as the free spirit. Yeah, the free spirit of God. The Holy Spirit is not in bondage because he rules. He is God. All right, but then the spirit is also called the spirit of grace. Now in Hebrews chapter 10 verse 29, we read, of how much worse punishment do you suppose will he be um, though are thought worthy who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, counted the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified, sanctified a common thing and insulted, then he says, insulted the spirit of grace. Beloved, we need to remember that rejecting Christ means that the person is also insulting the Holy Spirit who worked through Christ and who basically testifies of Christ. So to reject Christ means to basically insult the Holy Spirit. That, that's, that's serious stuff. That's not good. All right. So, but it tells us that um, rejecting Christ means that we're insulting the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit is the one who worked in Christ, but he's also the one who works in sinners. To, to bring them illumination so that they can understand that they are lost and in need of salvation. But then the Holy Spirit is also called the Spirit of Prayer. In Zechariah chapter 12, verse 10, it uses a little bit of a different word, but it's interesting. It says, And I will pour on the house of David and on the inhabitants of Jerusalem the Spirit of grace and supplication. And then they will look on me whom they pierced. 
Yes, they will mourn for me as one mourns for his own his only son and grieve for him as one grieves for a firstborn. Beloved, the spirit of supplication is the spirit who helps us when we do not know how to pray. Because it's the spirit of prayer. It's the Holy Spirit that enables us. It's the Holy Spirit that, how can I say, that utters words that we do not understand. But, and it's the Holy Spirit that understands exactly what God wants. And it's the Holy Spirit that inspires us or enables us to pray the way that God wants us to pray. He comes to our aid when it comes to prayer. And it's interesting that he's called the spirit of supplication or he's called the spirit of prayer. It's actually beautiful. Now, when we also, then we also see that the words I will pour in the Hebrew basically means that God in his own perfect time and by his own power will sovereignly act to save Israel. MacArthur says in his commentary that the Holy Spirit is identified as the spirit of grace and supplication because he brings saving grace and because that grace produces sorrow which will result in repentant prayer by sinners to God for forgiveness. Yeah, so the spirit of grace is the one who brings, let's say, salvation to Israel. And the spirit of supplication is to basically move the people to repent of their sin and to ask God for forgiveness. So beautiful. It, it is actually, actually amazing. Now, if we look at all these names that has been given to the Holy Spirit in the Bible, we can say to one another that it shows us that the Holy Spirit is God. Because those names are very unique and it is so connected to who God is and what God does and, and how God does things. Uh, it's not connected to men and, and or human beings uh, who has a s- sinful nature. No, it is God who basically, um, how can I say, God the Spirit that has these names because he is indeed God. Beloved, that brings us to the end of this uh, Bible study. Uh, I hope you've been <laughs> blessed by the fact that we, we know a little bit more. Uh, remember, every time that we study God's Word, every time that we, we, we look at passages of Scripture or verses that, that opens up the truth about who God is, who Christ is, you know, God the Father is, God the Son is, and God the Holy Spirit is, it, it just enables us to grow more and more and more. So, amazing. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much that we can come to you in Jesus' name. Thank you for the fact that we can learn more about the Spirit. And thank you so much that we can have your Word, that we can always go back and find or read again and again and again the the names of the Holy Spirit so we can see who He is. Because it tells us something about His character and, and His nature. So, Father, thank you so much. And enable us to please not just have the head knowledge, but also to put it into practice. Uh, When we think of the names of the Holy Spirit, to know that indeed the Holy Spirit is God. Like the Father is God and the Son is God. Enable us to understand that and to take it to heart and to live by that. We pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Beloved, thank you very much for listening. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May His face shine upon you. And may give you his peace, God willing, until next time. When we continue to look at the Holy Spirit as God.
So until next time, God bless.